welcome to this day of Pentecost. We know this to be the birthday of the church. We have the red before us remembering the tongues of flame and we may even recall the symbol of the United Methodist Church, the cross and the flame. Of course, the cross signifying the ministry of Jesus, the flame signifying the day of Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a joy to share with you in this time of worship. Thank you for your attentiveness on this day of worship. And I look forward to sharing with you from Acts, the second chapter, Luke's account of the day of Pentecost and the descent of the Spirit, and look forward to sharing with you in, in prayer and confession as well. I invite us to share in our call to worship on this day of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of life. Come, Holy Spirit, our advocate, our counselor. Come, Holy Spirit, teacher of wisdom, reminder of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, grantor of forgiveness, giver of peace. Come, Holy Spirit, may we feel God breathing through our worship, and may we receive the Holy Spirit in this place. Invite us to this time of prayer on this day of Pentecost. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill our hearts with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Renew us and kindle the fire of faith brightly within us. Make us bold witnesses to the truth of the Holy Scriptures which you inspire. Assist us in our prayers, that they may be acceptable to our Heavenly Father, who with you and Jesus Christ are one God, one Lord, now and forever. Amen. From Acts, the second chapter, verses two, excuse me, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, we hear the word of God. When the day of Pentecost came, 
All the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious men who had come from every country in the world. When they heard this noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believers talking in his own language. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, These people who are talking like this are Galileans. How is it then that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages? We are from Parthia, Media, and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, these people are drunk. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven apostles, and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me and let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk, as you suppose, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what I will do in the last days, God says. I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim and message. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will proclaim my message. I will perform miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun will be darkened and the moon will turn red as blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then whoever calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as the scripture begins from the second chapter of Acts, we are told the believers are gathered on the day of Pentecost because Pentecost, already at this point, was a day of celebration, a holiday, if you will. Pentecost did a couple of things. One, it recalled and celebrated God's giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And Pentecost also was a harvest celebration. So already the believers are gathered on this day that remembered the giving of the law and the day that celebrated the bringing in of the harvest. But I doubt anyone could have foreseen what was to take place on this day of Pentecost. It was not a, a gentle, subtle experience for Peter and the other faithful who were gathered in this place. Instead, we are told that it was like the rush of a mighty wind or the rush of a violent wind when God's Spirit filled this place where they were all gathered filling the whole house, no part of God's Spirit being withheld. And because of God's Spirit filling this house and the tongues of flame being upon all who were gathered there, there was the hearing in their own language 
from every nation under heaven of the mighty works of God. An amazing, hard to comprehend experience when you have believers from every nation on the known earth gathered in this place. But as God's word is proclaimed, each here not a foreign tongue, but each here in their own language of the mighty works of God. An important point here, I be, believe, is being made both scripturally and, let's say, evangelistically. I've heard a pastor say at one time, if the question is, where does the gospel begin? Is it at the mouth or at the ear? Does the gospel begin at the mouth or at the ear? The answer, scripturally speaking, is the gospel begins at the ear. And what he meant by saying this is, is for those of us who preach the word or proclaim the gospel, the important thing is not how adept our speaking skills are or not how polished we are in proclaiming scripture or what a wonderful sonorous voice we, we have. We could have all of that and not necessarily communicate well the gospel of Christ. But if our concern is how the congregation hears the word, if our, if our concern is for the ear of the hearer, then we are those pleasing to God because we are demonstrating love for neighbor and the desire that all of our neighbors hear in their own language of the mighty works of God. Now really that message that all should hear of the mighty and saving works of God is not new and certainly not unique to the second chapter of Acts. We remember back in Genesis 12, at the very call of Abraham, when God calls this nomadic wanderer and says, I'm calling you Abraham. Why? Because through you, Abraham, and through your descendants, it is my purpose and my desire to bless all nations of the earth that all would know of my mighty and saving works. What takes place in Acts chapter 2 really remembers what God does in Genesis chapter 12. And through his giving of the law, God demonstrates his desire that all hear and know. Through his speaking through the various prophets, it is God's desire that all hear and know. And then we see God's word fulfilled when that word becomes flesh to dwell among us so as to save us and so that we may all hear, regardless of who we may be, regardless of where we may be, that we may all hear in our own tongues of the mighty works of God. I want to invite you to consider just, just who in your lives have proclaimed to you so that you would hear of the mighty works of God. I'm remembering a beloved late uncle of mine, Uncle Franklin, a wonderful Christian man, if ever there was one, a man of, of great humility and integrity. And he knew well my family. Of course, he was married to my father's sister, and he knew I was not brought up in the happiest, most joyous, most healthy of homes. 
but he also knew that at some point I felt a call to be the pastor, and as I was fulfilling my educational requirements to be a pastor, I remember being at a family gathering, and Uncle Franklin just stepped out and held my gaze and looked me straight in the eyes, knowing what I was doing, what I was pursuing as I was fulfilling that call, in spite of my family background, it was Uncle Franklin who said to me, I'm proud of you. And through those words of his, I was hearing in my own tongue of the mighty works of God as I heard such praise and affirmation from a seminary professor, Matthias Riese, who likewise called me from class one day to praise me for a chapel service that I had led the day before and how he affirmed me and said that's how a worship service should be led. And beyond those words he spoke, I was also hearing of the mighty works of God. And as you recall, those who have made clear to you the mighty and saving works of God, I'm sure that through you, you have been of blessing and have conveyed those mighty works of God to others you've met. I'm remembering, and I believe I've shared this before, of how I was in a local food line one day a couple of years ago, and how I was in line to buy my groceries, and uh, woman was behind me, and it was evident she had had a very long and tiresome day, and she just had a few items of groceries, and I was sure I heard God speaking to me, pay for her groceries, and though I confess I resisted for some time, those words of God, I finally said to her, let me pay for your groceries. And I believe, and it is my hope, that through my words, she heard in her own tongue, of the mighty works of God because of this truth, because God is still speaking and God is still calling you and me to be those who hear his words and to be those also who deliver his words. I'm remembering a video that my younger daughter sent to me. She sends me wonderful and inspiring stories and videos that often find their ways into sermons. And the video was this, there was a janitor who had been taking care of this elementary school for, for many years and so long that, that all the staff and teachers and students knew him. And they also knew him to be a man who could not hear. And so as this janitor who could not hear found his way into a classroom one day, he was surprised beyond belief when the students and teachers and staff in that class began to sing to him in sign language, happy birthday. He was moved to tears. He was, he was speechless. But he was hearing at that time in his own language of the mighty works of God. He was hearing that because the truth is nothing can withstand God's spirit. Jesus is the one who foretold that though John the Baptist baptized you with water. The day is coming when you will be baptized with God's fire and God's spirit, and there is nothing that can withstand God's fire and God's spirit. And because of the gift of this purifying spirit, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams. 
The men servants and maid servants have God's Spirit poured upon them, and they shall all proclaim the word of God. That is even true this day of Pentecost, that we may worship and serve God and believe in God even in this time of pandemic, that even this virus shall not withhold from us God's desire to pour His Spirit and to bless us all and to make us all witnesses to the mighty works of God. Last Sunday was our first drive-up worship service in the parking lot of the Uptown Ministry Center. And as the cars were gathered and we were there to worship and I was proclaiming word and scripture from the loading dock of our food bank, I could see the pedestrians walking down the main street for their Sunday morning walk. And they could hear what was going on and they could see the cars gathered, those within worshiping. And they looked over more than once and at once I, I waved to them. And I find that exciting to know that we can step beyond that which, which, which looks holy, that we can step beyond the walls of the church. And though that's not our desire or practice to worship in such a way, there are those who may hear for the first time in their own language of the mighty works of God. You see, we are given new opportunities to experience this rush of a mighty wind so that young and old men and women may hear of the mighty works of God. There is nothing that can withstand this word. Again, God called Abraham be his instrument of blessing. And then when Abraham is about a hundred years old, both he and his wife Sarah have a child. It is the same God who brings to life that which was dead, who creates all that is out of nothing. And it is God who reveals his glory even through the death of his son upon a cross. And even now, as we have new experiences of worship and to know the parking lot of our Uptown Ministry Center to be holy space, we experience again the rush of God's Spirit, the descent as of tongues of fire. And to know it doesn't look like holy place, and we're not told that the gathering place on the day of Pentecost was especially holy or sacred. But look at what God can do. Remember what God has done, and to know that God will do it again, and to make known his mighty works at all times and in all places. Thanks be to God.
We have heard the word proclaimed. I invite us to respond to the word of God and to do so as we confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. We confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite us to go to God as we pray. I will share a brief pastoral prayer. We'll move into the prayers of the people, which we remember as a responsive time of prayer in which I will name a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and inviting from you the response, hear our prayer. I will also observe a time of silence after each petition so that you may speak those concerns upon your hearts. And then we pray as Christ has taught us. We go to God as we pray. The Lord, we remember you to be the God who brings us to life, the God who promises to us abundant life, the God who sets before us eternal life. You are a God 
whose mercies are new each day, and on this day of Pentecost, we thank you for the life you breathe into us. We thank you for the intrusion of your spirit. We thank you for fulfilling every word you have spoken, and for bringing us all to hear of your mighty and saving works in our own language. Such is your desire to bless us and save us, that you pour your spirit upon all men and women, old and young, men servants, maid servants, and you make each of us a witness. We thank you, Lord, for how you visit us with your words and how you invite us to be those who bless others with your words. So, Lord, as we have received from you, help us to be open in those ways through which you wish to give through us so as to bless others. And help us to know, Lord, that you are in no way finished with your saving work. You are still at work in us and among us, still working your saving purpose out and calling us to share in this holy and saving work. You humble us, you honor us, and we give you thanks for your word proclaimed this day for the gift of your spirit. And help us to see, Lord, that even in dark and troubling times such as these, you are a God who lets your light shine, a light shining in this time of darkness, and a God who is working out a new thing and bringing about a new thing, so that we may hear and know in new ways, and so that our neighbors may hear and know in new ways of your mighty and saving works, fully revealed in Christ our Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would hear us as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that you would hear us as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this local community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And hear us, Lord, as our voices are joined to those of the saints who still surround us and to make your presence known. Those saints, that so great a cloud of witnesses, whose voices are joined to ours, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God's Spirit is poured upon us again this day, the rush of a mighty wind which none of us couldn't withstand, and we hear again in our own language of the mighty works of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Mm -hmm. 